I'm Hugh. I'm Linda. Together we're Hinda. And this is Hindacast. Well, we better make the announcement, Linda. We're in separate apartments. Yeah, sorry everybody. Sound might be a bit dodgy today. Yeah, so eager. We just couldn't wait. So we couldn't get together oh. physically tonight, but we got together via Skype and uh, a dodgy recording job. So do our best. Uh, if you can hear us okay, we'll work with you guys. Where on earth are we going to start with this, Linda? Do you want to start with Evelyn? Is she your new hero now? Oh, yeah. I really want to start with Evelyn. I just want to get it out there. And I want to say that Evelyn is one badass boss bitch. <laughs> Ex- but she's just my new hero. She's just brilliant. She was well able for the whole lot of them, wasn't she? Yeah. I just loved the way she, she handled herself, the way she delivered her lines, you know, her facial expression. I just loved the whole thing. I loved her confidence. I loved her attitude. She's just badass. She has experience of reality TV. Now, for those who don't know, she was in the UK version of Big Brother a few years ago. Uh, I think she was on other shows as well. She's lots of media experience with her modelling. And by God, it's shown, isn't it? Yeah, but she was so assertive and she was so confident and she was taking no crap. Just loved her. Thought she was brilliant. Do you really think that there was butt dials there? No, I don't think so. I think it was part of the storyline. I think it was a lot of it was just set up. I, I really think do. poor Al Rupert came home and he was worse for the wear. And with a few drinks inside him, his lips were somewhat loosened. And maybe with her using her female feminine charms on him, his lips were loosened as well. Or maybe her lips were loosened. Well, you know what they say, Hugh, loops, lips, sink ships. <laughs> <laughs> And there was a a couple of ships sunk that night, wasn't it? Oh, God. The lads didn't have dropped each other in it. It was absolutely brilliant. No, it was brilliant. In fairness, no, it was great. Um, It was great TV. I really enjoyed it. Um, I loved the way uh, they called Hugo out when they were just sitting there. The whole lot of them were sitting there, apart from Dan, obviously. And um, Claire says to Rupert, so we don't actually know what happened. Um, Leighton and someone else don't know what happened and, and put Rupert on the spot. And then Rupert admits to butt dialing. Yeah, but do you not think to a certain extent, though, poor old Hugo, like, they know half the story and they they just have no idea just how bad Taylor is. Ah, poor old Hugo, me arse. He said it. Yeah, Yeah, well, he should. Well, that's maybe the point. He should have just said, yeah, I said those things. But what do you expect? I'm driven to that. I was absolutely driven to that. I've kept my mouth shut. I've tried to do this a certain way. Now, admittedly, he's played it the wrong way. He should have been frank with her from right from the hotel room. Like I said, that was where it all started to go wrong. But do you not think, do you not feel some sympathy for him? No. None. No, I don't. I don't. I don't feel any sympathy for him because just when I thought that his balls dropped there last week, he goes and does a complete 180. Like, I mean, he actually stood up for himself when he was putting her second last in the photo test and, you know, and, and, and told her, called her out, like, on, on her bad behaviour. And then, next of all, you see her lying on the couch pretending to be sick and he's going, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't want to make you feel like that and what can I do to make it up to you? Well, give me a break, Hugo. Like, seriously, I just, I've, I've lost all hope from him. So, no, he got exactly what he deserved. Like he wasn't strong enough, he wasn't man enough to say to her face, but he's saying it behind her back. You know, well, I mean, what's all that yeah. about? Okay, but if he had had a more fiery, if he'd been a little more fiery at the dinner party, uh, would you would you have respect for him finally then? No, it's too late for him, is it? No, I don't think he could have been more fiery at the dinner party. I think if he was fiery at the dinner party, I would have just accused him of being confrontational and trying to pull a Dan or a Harrison even and deflect and not take any responsibility.
responsibility. So when he did in the dinner party, he was right. He took he took ownership and he took responsibility for it. He, look, he's just not strong. There's just nothing about him that's strong. It does seem, though, if if we're to believe what's going on uh, at the commitment ceremony and the preview we saw the, for the commitment ceremony there tomorrow, it seems that uh, Taylor is certainly going to be called out. And so she should be because her behaviour is disgraceful as well. You know, she's really, she's treating him like crap in fairness. Um, she doesn't give him a minute. And I mean, again, that's making my opinion of him even worse because it's like, how much are you going to take of this? How much does anybody have to take of this before you actually stand up for yourself? I said, no, no I'm, not, I'm not having this from you. I won't have you speak to yeah. me like that. Yeah. It, is it not true, though, that you, you think badly of you think badly of Hugo for not standing up, but you, you don't think that like that way with Sandy. Oh, hang on for a second. Didn't say that. Haven't even started with Sandy oh. yet. Haven't even started. Like Sandy was talking the talk and saying, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm not having this. I'm not going to let anybody treat me like this. And, you know, I fought hard to become the woman I am. What woman are you? Like, literally, you're sitting there and taking all his crap, all Dan's crap, and you're saying nothing. He's... Like, she actually said nothing. He browbeat her. He, like, he, he you know, he, she just, she was cowering. I know she obviously has feelings for the guy, but there comes a time when you have to take a step back and say, no, Sandy, it's done. The moment was lost, really, or he was fired up and must have felt a lot more confident at one moment at that cocktail party. Do you remember the moment? The moment she touched his arm when he walked in. and She, she gave him a hug. Oh, she, she actually gave him a hug. And yeah, at that point, I was kind of going, oh, Jesus, here we go, all over again. Like, what is it? What is it? I mean, in, in some way, I'm glad we have Taylor because Taylor is kind of well able to stand up for herself and she's, you know... I don't know, a strong female. No, that's unfair. You need to scratch that. Oh, she's... Because, you know, she's not a good role model in fairness. She's, she's humiliating him. Um, but it's it, generally the men gaslighting the women. I don't know what it is about this series, but you have Harrison gaslighting Bronte. You had Shannon gaslighting Caitlin. Yeah. Caitlin. You have Dan gaslighting Sandy. You know, it's it's just... And I don't think Sandy's excuse of, you know, I have feelings for him. Should that make you subservient? Should that make you, you know, willing to accept the crap that he's serving up? Should that make him treat well, you like shit? And you wh- have to what does it? it take for her not to have feelings or to go off somebody? Or I mean, he's treating her appallingly. He's basically abandoning her. Like, I mean, Harrison talked about Bronte abandoning him. By God, he certainly abandoned her. He left her on her own in the apartment for hours on end. Um, his excuses about where he was totally unbelievable. I mean, who the hell does he think he is? Out running for six yeah. hours a day. Give Come me on. a break. Come on. Give me a break. I tell you, he's working up a sweat, all right, but he's not doing it working. He's not doing it running. Certainly, <laughs> he's doing it. In order. He's doing some sort of workout. And if you say, if you ask me, it's kind of it's horizontal jogging. <laughs> well, that's that's, that's what, what the doing. rumor seems to be. Maybe he definitely has someone on the outside here. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. He's getting us early morning. Well, talking Six. about people from the outside, we had families and friends coming to visit uh, a kind of a meet the family and friends week. Um, oh my God, what do you make of Cameron's? Well, movie? I mean, I was going to start. I mean, we really should have, you know, if you're going to have wrestling matches, really, uh, or this cage fighting, maybe this should be cage fighting because the two mothers having a fight would be brilliant, wouldn't it? Oh, I thought Cameron's mother was rough. <laughs> That's the very word I have oh written down my. here. <laughs> God, <laughs> she was uh, rough. I felt like throwing her a bone. Seriously. 
that. He was just, I'm well, sure you could tell was. when you saw her drinking the bottle and the two of them were slugging their beer bottles out in the balcony. And uh, I called it Mumgate. Uh, it was just unbelievable. She had no filter. Dead rough, I've written down, actually. <laughs> and she she yeah, was shaking. She was. She, or she was she, no shaking hands. She wouldn't shake hands. Do you notice that? The father shook hands. Oh, I no, she wouldn't that. shake hands. She stood there and she had a great big glower on her. It was it was a competition as to who hated the apartment more. Jesse, when he walked into his or it's hard to know who. Oh, like I mean, she just wasn't giving him any. She had a big bold yeah. face on her, like seriously, face like a slapped arse. She just, I, I don't know, Hugh. She just nothing would have well, pleased her. Nothing. They could, she could have been walking into Buckingham Palace and she would. Here's have been a great her. example. Her son gives his new wife of three weeks or whatever it is a bunch of flowers a, a fine bunch of flowers a bouquet I should say and she wasn't happy what mother in her right mind wouldn't be happy with that I don't know I don't know I don't get it like I mean you know you weren't brought up like this I'd love to know what he was yeah, brought up yeah, around yeah. like you know I mean is he living in a mansion or is he living in a cow shed <laughs> it could go either way and I mean I kind of I like him you know I, I mean, think he's a nice guy but my god with that for a mother like I think it, she doesn't want to let him go she'd rather see him on his own 600 kilometers out in the outback with his dog than actually see him happy with a woman who says he's a nice guy I don't think I, think I, I nice don't guy. know I just don't know I think you scratch beneath the surface and you get a guy with oh, problems. Hugh, I know you've been saying you've been saying from day one something yeah. about Cam. You, you've said that. I admit that you've said it. I can't say it. Well, it's like this. In my in my life, when I'm doing things, even though my mother, Lord of Mercy, is gone from this world, she died a number of years ago. I hear her voice back in my head, and I'm sure you're the same. When you go through life, you hear what your parents think, and things that you say comes into your mind. He is hearing his mother. He is hearing his mother's voice in the back of his head. And he, I think he's damaged in that regard. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, no, but I think it's typical, like, you know, he's a mammy's boy. She doesn't want to let him go. She wants to keep an iron hold on him. And, you know, I think that's probably, is it any surprise that he has a problem with showing affection? Yeah, oh, no, no, absolutely. She doesn't want them to. That's why, as I say, he, he, he was in trouble for buying his wife flowers. Well, I've never heard the like yeah. of it. And then rationing and rationing, rationing his affection to Lyndall. Like, she can have one um, show of affection <laughs> per day. What? And, and then there was a complaint. It was like, well, well, I did that, so you can forget it. Yeah, you got one hug. What are you moaning about? You know, that's insane. <laughs> I, I thought they had a completely different relationship. So that's really given me an insight so into the relationship. If you have a headache in the morning, or something wrong in the morning, right, or the shower is cold, or whatever, right, and and there's some form of affection there in the morning, don't have a bad day at work because you'll get no sympathy from Cam. I know, like, and everybody likes to kind of, well, certainly I like to be able to, you know, go to you, you put your arms around me, tell me everything's going to be okay, even if it's not, even if you're lying, don't really care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're telling me what I want to hear, you're putting your arms around me, yeah. I love that. Well, you know, even if it's not okay, we walk through it. Well, exactly, yeah, and I think, well, certainly, uh, this is probably getting back to what we were talking about in the last podcast yeah. about being tactile. I mean, it seems that Lyndall is tactile and Cameron just isn't. He really struggles with his emotions. Well, I, I took personal insult to it and that that's what I've written down here. You know, I want to met, say if, if Cam's mom is listening, you know, just know myself and Linda are not insecure. Are we insecure, Linda? What, because he wants some yeah. affection? Absolutely no, not. Not a bit of it. Absolutely not. Not a bit of no. it. We are over 100 years old between the two of us. We hold down very good jobs. We have successful careers. We have children that we've raised. 
we work on things, we talk through things, we've been successful in all aspects of our lives. And and I hope we're the envy of, of everybody we meet. And we are not insecure. <laughs> well, I don't care. The I biggest laugh of the podcast. <laughs> yes, and we run a very successful podcast. Oh, obviously, yeah. But let me yeah. tell you this, actually, while I'm here. It, the mother... And we still enjoy mother, Yeah, we do, and more. The mother was so bad, right, and so dominating of the conversation that another podcaster, who we very much respect, didn't even know that the father was even there. That's how bad it was. That's right, yeah. The dad kind of slid back into the background, and he like paid... He seems like a nice man, actually. The mother is very strong. But yeah, yeah. What did you think of Linda's mother? Linda's mother was, is a lady. Now, I, yeah, I can't I remember if her father that. was there. <laughs> so I, maybe I'm his fat. <laughs> but, he wasn't. <laughs> sorry to those two Northern England gentlemen. But <laughs> I didn't notice if the dad wasn't there. Okay, but look, she was lovely. Although she was too bloody nice because she came out and apologised. And a bit like Adam, you know, when somebody apologises for something, you go, oh, there must be something there. And words don't matter according to the mother as well. I don't know. You know, yeah, I mean, you can't you can say, take something back after mm. you say it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you've lived with that, lived the consequences yeah. of it. So I don't think she holds back when she yeah. wants to say something. Well, obviously, she didn't hold back when she wanted to say something. So, yeah, should live by your own advice, Daryl. We had some weird uh, family meetings. Harrison. Now, Harrison brought along two lads. And they didn't look like the sort of lads that Harrison normally hangs around with. They weren't relations, sure they weren't? No, they were friends. No, I I thought that they were lads. I just thought they were they two dopes. very effeminate. So they were three dopes. They looked very effeminate to me. And yeah. They did, actually. I was um, thinking that. Yeah, I was I, thinking I, I that. Got, their sexuality is their own business. But it's like he kind of thought to himself, who's the least lads lads I can bring? Because they won't dub me in it. And he brought them, right? Uh, there was... Uh, oh, yeah. This was, I was about putting the knives away and all that Kira. oh he reckoned Kira was pulling a knife on him Kira's a firecracker <laughs> you like I like Kira. Kira. Yeah. he was just saying it was it is and you know Bronte should take a leaf out of her book <laughs> so basically what he was saying was he was up put the knives away in other words she had yeah, her knives out for, like for Harrison and I loved the way she was saying like she was implying that you know you're on my turf now in the homestays I'll be keeping an eye on you so I just think I'm looking forward to that I think that'll be place will be rocking did the lads Love actually it. say anything <laughs> No, I don't understand at all. Really. Just... Seriously, I think it was Kira. It was Kira who was doing all the talking, um, and and she was brilliant. And Bronte was, oh, I don't know, her platitudes again to to Harrison. It's like, oh my god, yeah. he's so amazing. Well, he's so, so handsome. He's so handsome. He's and going he's, to be uh, given well, given away his numbers. I mean, that's that's a seal that's broken on that bottle now. He can give away his numbers to girls in in, in the bar. I take girls' numbers. Oh uh, yeah, if she actually opens up his phone and finds a girl's number now. From now on, that's going to be okay. Of course it is, yeah, because I don't know. I don't know whether she's so insecure in herself that she'll do anything and accept anything to hold on to him. But she keeps she keeps saying, if you notice, I choose to believe him. I choose to forgive him. Well I choose to accept him. I choose I choose I choose well, to do all that wanted. to be on a TV show and stay in a TV show. I mean, yeah, I choose to be a size ten. It doesn't happen to me either. Fame whore. That's what she is. Let's call a spade a spade. Yeah. Sorry about that. I know, but I don't think she's doing herself true. any favors out, you know, out in the real no, world. No, and, and and like I don't know though. Still, Olivia's a star. So if Olivia can be a star, you know, after all she did and the way she went on, maybe there's hope for uh, Bronte. Oh, so what, are you going to try and encourage Bronte to have an OnlyFans page I, as well listen, now? I I have no, I don't need OnlyFans. Oh yeah, right. Okay. Only my own yeah, page. Yeah. Okay. I eventually have. You're, you're obviously not on my page, I <laughs> know. 
I don't de- definitely don't need to be on that. <laughs> well, we're not going to make I, our million on a podcast anyway. Forevermore, I hope. <laughs> yeah, no, the home days are brilliant. What about Sandy and Dan? That was awful. It was, it was but you know, I I'm sorry, but the girl that he had, she seems to be his big Short. fan. Uh, in that, she certainly was blowing smoke up his arse. Uh, yeah, I know, I know, but we've discussed this here, and I think I agree with her because she's his friend. She's not Sandy's friend, she's his friend. And I think that the comments and the statement that she made were fair, you know. I think she was making statements, um, she was kind of putting things out there and looking for reactions, there's no doubt about that. But, you know, her allegiance is to Dan, it's not to Sandy, it's not to their relationship. And we both know there's something going on on the outside, and she likely knows about it. If she's his friend, she likely knows about Linda, it. But Linda, the things that, that he's going on about, the ocean... I mean, he's not going to spend his flipping life in the ocean. He goes on about the beach and the ocean and the lifestyle and this, that and the other. And and just because she has an allergy and she was apologising for herself. It was terrible what he was forcing her to do. I know it was. It was. And then in front of her sister was demeaning. Like it really was horrible. But you did say at one stage when we were watching that, you're saying, oh, my God, look at his face. He's like the evil twin. Like, he actually changed appearance this week. He, he, we've seen facial expressions, and I, I don't know what it is. It's like somebody else walked out. He got a personality transplant when he was walking down the promenade in Sydney one day. Something very strange has happened, Dan. Well, Hugh, no, seriously, he went out for a six-hour jog. He was abducted by <laughs> aliens. They gave him a personality transplant, and he's not actually Dan. He's an alien in Dan's body. <laughs> well, he seems like it, doesn't he? Like it's just That's crazy. That's what it is. It's just so different. Like I seriously, when I, I Dan originally kind of had a very mm. open face, he had a very smileish face, smiley face. I called him emotional, emotionally intelligent, and I did think he was emotionally intelligent. And in fairness, that's what the experts said as well. At the dinner party, they were saying, like, you know, he is emotionally intelligent. He has shown emotional intelligence in the past. And what's happened now? He's choosing to be an arsehole. He's choosing to ignore his emotional, the voice of his emotional intelligence. He's just not listening to it. He's become deaf to it. That's basically what they're saying. Yeah, because there's something going on in the background. Something else or someone else has taken his attention. Mark my words, it'll all come out in the wash. Well, speaking of being abducted by aliens, poor Al Harrison has been abducted by an alien as well. He has been abducted by the ghost of Florence Nightingale. I mean, have you ever seen anything like his carry-on? When Oh, my God. When Bronte was tired. uh, She was very tired. uh, so tired that he had to run little teas to her. He st- he, d- he didn't go to the gym for the day because... Oh, you made a big point of saying that, like, I didn't go to the gym. That's, I've been filling up her hot water That's the sort of person I am. That's what he said. Oh, pass me <laughs> a bucket because I need to vomit. I was just like, he is just, uh, he's just out of control now. <laughs> like, you know, like, he's a laughing stock. Everybody's just taking the piss. All of the other participants are taking the piss out of him. I think everybody at home is taking the piss. We certainly ripped the piss out of him yeah. when we were watching. Like, there's just nothing he says and nothing he does is credible. And he's a crap actor. So he'll never get onto the stage after this. <laughs> I, he's definitely going back to his day job. I'm dying to see them now on the couch on Sunday. I really am dying to see what on earth they're going to come up with and what little jibes John is going 
thrown a throw at him over last week. I, I don't know. It's going to be very strange. Or maybe it'll be maybe it'll be very, very short. What do you think? I think they're going to appear on the couch as loves young dream. Oh, yeah. I think the experts are going to look at them and go, do you know what? No, you're wasting our time. Get off the couch. And that's basically it. Okay. They'll just sit down. Okay. Good week. Fine. What are your answers? Stay or go? Stay. Grand. Off the couch. Next. Yeah. Unless they're total idiots and they're going to lose all semblance of, 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 of our respect, right? Unless they're just... Oh, I, unless they do that, they have to now just basically call them out and say, you Jewies are fake. This isn't really a relationship at all. Or just let the audience subtly know that they're not regarding it as a real relationship. Yeah, absolutely. They have to do something, yeah, because it just can't continue to go on like that. I, the only the only couple, really, that I think are kind of, um, in any way, really united and get on well and kind of just have that childish relationship, as I said, from the beginning is Tani and Ollie. You know, they got on really well with each other's families. They're so laid back. They're so chilled out. They're enjoying their time together. They're enjoying the experiment you know and I, I and they're talking about obviously life on the outside so I really have high hopes for that couple. yeah but then again Linda like from day one we could kind of see that the two of them were genuine I know maybe Ollie has a bit of a reason why he might want the exposure and the fame but like could we not have just real people on would it be so bad yeah, I, you know I think in fairness the show has lost some of its credibility this it's year it's lost all of its credibility you know, I, yeah yeah, I, 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 I think you're right, to be honest with you. I think they're allowed away with so many things that they wouldn't have been allowed with in recent years. Like, even the fact that, you know, all the lads are going out together. Like, we never really hear the girls going out together. What are the girls doing when all the lads are out drinking? Like, this is probably three or four times during the series so far. All of the lads have met up. Yeah, but the fact that it's a TV show, it's been called MAFs openly. It's been called a TV show openly. Uh, the, the, all the walls have literally fallen. The fourth wall is poor enough now at this stage um, we're kind of under no illusion that there's lots of contact outside of the dinner parties uh, they talk about five weeks haven't gone by and this that the other when we know five weeks hasn't gone by for us so it feels very removed it doesn't feel real yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah, there's just something about it. This I don't know what it is about this season, Hugh. But are we going to stop watching it? No, because we were we said we'd stick with the podcast. <laughs> oh no way! No, there's no way I'm going to. Stop no, watching. I'm not going to stop watching what it. I, I, st- I still like the program, but I just feel that an awful lot of its best elements have, have been lost. Particularly when I saw Sandy there, and she was really crying out for help. She really was, you know, and. Oh, she, she was, was crying. Actually, she was crying out for intervention, and an expert intervention. You know, uh, and and it was just, it was just heartbreaking. It really was. She said, uh, the, the, the quote she had was, "I don't know how to handle the situation. What the hell is wrong with me? I don't know what to think." You know, like if that doesn't require expert intervention, I don't know what does. Well, she'll be left waiting for yeah. it, I'm afraid, because it just, they're, you know, they're just, they're kind of blissfully ignorant or they're acting blissfully ignorant. And yeah, I think that, I think it's damaging to Sandy. And I don't know how she's going to recover from this, like socially, personally. Um, you know, I don't know how her family is going to recover from it. Um, and then there's the fact that, you know, exactly what her dad said was going mm. to happen has happened so she went out in a limb she took a big chance and she was literally walked all over but he was so smooth when he's making those excuses to her when he called her out of the dinner party that time and he was kind of sitting there looking into her eyes saying i see you i hear you i Mm. feel you i've got you like he was so smooth and she was buying right back into it 
you know, if he asked her to move in tonight, she'd so? be back in with him. Well, out my mind. Yeah, unfortunately I do. Yeah, unfortunately, you've got Bronte part two. The line that gave me a chill was when he finally returned from the gym, in inverted commas, his opening line was, why are you in a mood? was his opening line. So, you know, that, that gave me a chill. He's done that before. Yeah, we've a really bad image now of Sandy, you know, and he's kind of painting a bad image. If you want to go, Dan, just go. Just walk out. You don't have to make crap of, of Sandy before you go. Like, you don't need to look for these excuses and pick holes in everything she do, she does and make it look like it's her fault. Just be man about it and just go. Just say, do you know what? It's not for me. I'm not having fun anymore. Um, I don't want to be here on right leave. But... Tell her you're right to leave. Tell her you don't want to be part of it anymore. Two of you right leave, for Christ's sake. Because it's just destroying her. The longer he's staying there, um, it's just destroying her. And she's not strong enough to cope with it. She doesn't have the experience to cope with it. Are we to believe that with her 60 years of experience and all the work in psychology that's been done and research in psychology over the years, that that kind of behaviour couldn't be seen or couldn't be possibly exposed by their interviews and their selection process. Because, frankly, Sandy is the last person that should have been exposed to that. You hear me, Linda? Yep, there you go. <laughs> there's just no reply. Even from you, there's no reply to that. <laughs> I know, I completely agree. There is something to say. Like, you know, you're, you're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. Um, but you look at... Well, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens on the couch. I just hope she has she has the, the wherewithal to say no, to say leave. You know, I really do. I hope she, she... Again, I talk about having the courage of your convictions. I haven't seen much of that from Sandy mm. so far. And I really hope that she, she writes leave. And when she sits on the couch and says, you know what, I'm done. He's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He has two different personalities. And at this stage, neither of them yeah. are nice. Let's talk about your buddy, Duncan. Was Duncan there that night? Duncan was there that night. Yeah, absolutely. And if you recall, at the dinner party, um, Dan tried to pull Duncan on side and said, Duncan, I was I was with you. Did you remember me saying any any of that? You were sitting right mm. next to me. And Duncan, in fairness, was very PC. And he said, you know, I think that he said things that, and he shouldn't have said them the way he said them. You know, he said them because of situations or things that happened, but he shouldn't have said them the way right. he said them. So it was very PC. Um, and fair play to Duncan you know he didn't shy away from it but he didn't throw anybody under the bus either yeah, yeah. did you notice at the dinner party just in relation to Duncan and Alyssa Alyssa's mum was there there was nobody there for Duncan yeah I did notice that oh by the way the mum had the hots for Duncan big time didn't she who doesn't have the hots <laughs> for, for Duncan everybody has got a hot for Duncan there was something wrong with the mother if she didn't have well, the hot for Duncan well hold on it was, it was funny because Duncan was saying bring on the questions the more the merrier and I think Duncan should have been asked questions of the mother you know Why? oh he should have absolutely like did she know did she know about the affair like she's she's again she's is she she, oh no you couldn't do that you couldn't just bring out did you know that your daughter's affair she's one of the mormon gang as well because she's debbie good debbie two shoes which means she's goody two shoes yeah but see thing about it is you i think the mother's going to find out when it's aired (laughs) i think she's going to be a shock to everybody i seriously i think a lot of people are only going to find out about that when it's aired and and the granny that's sending out all the newsletters i wonder is that going to be in the newsletter yeah, this when month? did you first get the inkling that your husband was gay absolutely yeah you know? absolutely the strict mormon yeah. upbringing maybe, yeah maybe duncan yeah, is gay you, you, no he's not i don't know <laughs> no i think him and Alyssa now are, are hot and heavy at it <laughs> yeah i'm sure i'm sure listen i'm sure her father was the same you see history repeating itself linda history repeating itself we're going to cut all of that out <laughs> Hundred <laughs> percent. No. Nah, I don't blame the mother having a hot for Duncan. 
I just it'd just be interesting to see why his why there was nobody there for him. There was no relatives. There was no friends. There was no nobody. There was just nobody. So and again, it kind of we don't know anything about Duncan. He's shown very little of himself. We know nothing yeah. about his family. All you know, uh, all you and know is that me. motorbike. That's all you saw in the in, in the VT. Yeah. You didn't see his house. You didn't see him working. Now I, I could be wrong. Now correct me if I'm wrong. Listeners, no doubt, will write in. But all I can remember is him and that motorbike going around. Yeah, very true. Actually, in fairness, though, we do have thanks, guys, um, to everybody who comments and who emails us because you're you're really quick at picking us up on things, and I love it. I have to say, I do love it. So it's like you're keeping us on our toes. We appreciate it. Oh yes, well, yeah, with me, I, I should actually come out and say I did make a prediction that there was no way that Claire and Jesse would come up with separate cards, separate leaves or stays. Didn't I say that? So I want to say you that I say. was wrong about that. Now the only thing I've come out with in my defence was. Jesse did complain during the week that he told Claire he wanted to go back to Perth. And basically, it sounded to me like he was pleading with her to stay leave or giving her a big hint to write leave as well. And she didn't honour that part of the bargain. That's the way it sounded to me. So I'll kind of say that in my defence. So there you go. Yeah, you, you. in fairness, you also have to admit that you're only saying that because you're called out on an email. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Um, but Claire and Jesse. What do we think? Are we buying this reconciliation? Yeah, I yeah. am, Hugh. I am buying it. I think, yeah, I am. I think, in fairness to Claire, she worked really, really hard. I think she pulled out all the stops. And I think she put the effort in and she showed up and, you know, she really wanted to work. I do. It would have been really easy, considering everything that she went through and all the all the crap that she went through, even with the other participants. Um, It would have been really easy for her to go. Yeah. And I think she really showed strength of character by staying. And, you know, she was, she, she made herself vulnerable. She's a very strong, assertive girl. She's a very confident girl. But she did make herself vulnerable. She put herself in the firing line and she took a chance on it again and really put herself out there. Jessie could have just rejected her offhand, you know, um, and made a fool of her. But no, I, I She's am. She's made a lot of advances this week, okay, with bringing him to the guitar shop and playing squash and all the kind of things he's interested in. Although I know she bought him the crystal and that kind of thing and she got her own way. Uh, which actually he put he put the crystal under his pillow, which was rather nice and rather touching. Um do you think where where is it gonna go next week now? Why is he smelling it, do you think? <laughs> I don't know. Do crystals smell? I've never been given one. I don't think so. It's weird. It's 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 a kind of a normal thing to do when you get something like that. You're gonna go Yeah. Just smell it. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> Maybe it's a boy thing to you. do. I don't know. You're weird as well. <laughs> you know, Jesse. Weird us together. What was he like wearing that mask? What was that about? Oh, what the hell? What the like what, that's like what was that about? Like I don't know. I was it like an alter ego or something like that? Why did he even have it? Why did he even have it? It's like some sort of a sex toy or something like that. Oh, it was scary. It was like a gimp mask. A very, very, very scary. Jesse gimp likes mask. to do some stuff. Let's let's face it, he likes to act up to the cameras. Now come on. But he had that horrific, satanic-looking mask in his wardrobe just lying there. When was he going to whip oh, that Oh, well, I'd out? say that's from his band. I, yeah. You reckon? And he's not playing the well, band I on the show. Well, I didn't think much of that guitar riff he played anyway. Oh, I wouldn't oh, know anything about it. Wouldn't it wouldn't it was shocking. Anyway, you're buying them anyway. I Yeah. I, I tell you, 
they do look good. They do look good, and they can certainly act the part, and and they appear certainly on the surface. Apart from just all this silly rubbish that's gone on, in terms of who they are as people, they seem very well suited. They do. I do. I think they tend to bring out the best yeah. in each other. I would like to. I would like to see certainly another week out of them and see how they get on. Um, I don't think it's going to be plain sailing for them. I really well, don't. I, I think Claire. I think Claire. You go on about Duncan. I think Claire is hot big time, and she looked. I know. Yeah, you she made looked great damn well good in those one. shorts when she was playing squash. I have to say. I thought she looked gorgeous in her little pink dress at the, at the dinner party. Oh, that was lovely. Give, give me the shorts any day of the week. You know me. Uh-huh. You know me in shorts, Linda. Okay. What is the story with uh, Rupert and Evelyn? Do you think there's any hope for them? Yeah, I do. Because I think, I really think that Evelyn wants to be in the show. Okay. And I think she's willing to put the effort in. And I think Rupert is too stupid to go against that. I think he's just going to go along with it. I don't think he has the, the, the wherewithal to kind of... I don't think he has much of a personality himself. I don't think he's strong. I think he's just a happy-go-lucky, cheeky-chappy kind of a, a guy. I You know, I don't think he's going to cause any problems. I'd really be surprised if he causes any problems or goes against her in any way. So he's just going to go with the flow. He's very, very easygoing. I think I think they're very suited in that way. She's quite strong and he's just very easygoing. And it, it was amazing, though, when she said to him, she said... Um, you know, I'm going to. I'm. I need to do this, and I need you to back me up. And he said, "Yeah, absolutely. I'm. 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 I'm right behind you. I've got you." <laughs> yeah, but he was. He was obviously short. I was having his crayons out and doing his coloring book when he was saying that back to her. It really was. It was like. It I know. Was, I know. And he was. He was rather. It was like quiet a mother bringing her child off to visit their aunties or their grannies or something and it's like now you behave yourself when we're here and if they ask you do you like want beef you say you like beef and if they ask you do you want fish you say you like fish <laughs> be good now be good now <laughs> Rupert <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose it was a bit like that in fairness. But um, there was another couple that did the same thing as well. Do you remember Claire when they did the piece of camera at the, at the dinner party and Claire said, you know, I'm going to basically go for this. I'm going to hold, hold people accountable and I'm going to get annoyed and I'm going to yeah. get angry. And Jesse was saying, you go for it. Yeah, absolutely. You go for it. <laughs> I thought that was really supporting as well. But that was really nice. And I mean, I do like the idea that they're supporting each other. The couples in general. Um, Some of that though, I think with Jesse was he just wanted to just sit back, have a few drinks and a bit of a chat and he didn't want it to be about him he really didn't want to be centre of attention no I, I think that he actually was delighted that Claire was standing up and she was being assertive and confident I think he was like I think he's an over you know and he's finally kind of he was always an over but he's finally kind of thinking okay I don't have to compete with this she is a strong person her own right and I'm loving it you know she's my woman and she's well able to take care of herself you know so I think he he, he admires that about her he's he's in a stage now where we can actually appreciate it about the her pra- the phrase that's coming into my mind is he's finding the balance he's finding out his place in the relationship and maybe before he felt a pressure to be this great big extrovert character and I don't know if he could always wear that I don't know if, if he I think he could do it for flashes but I think it was just an escape mechanism for really saying how he felt and his own insecurities maybe as well and the thing is with Claire he doesn't need to have insecurities because in fairness to him and I know there was the, the whole thing over Adam and I know people are going to be, not be able to focus away from that but at the end of the day she kind of has him yeah she does, she does you know we should give him a bit of credit she has him do you, know do you know we actually haven't talked about it just when I was talking about when you're talking about Jesse and I'm thinking about all the facial expressions you were saying he's definitely Jim Carrey like yeah. and he could he could fill in for Jim Carrey any day of the week you know with his facial expressions and all of that kind of stuff and it popped into my head the Barbie and Ken of the series <laughs> who Melinda and, and Leighton Melinda and Leighton 
Melinda and Lake. Uh, well, the preview leads us to believe the, the preview and and even the family uh, party led us to believe that there's there's more going on. I mean, they seem to put it as a little blip, wasn't it? Melinda said we're great in ninety five percent of ways, and they kind of said, well, what's the five percent or what's the one percent? It was a very small percentage, and that's that. Whenever we communicate, it ends up in an argument. She said, as if that's something small. That's not something small. I don't know, but there are some couples that kind of bounce off each other like that, you know, that they will argue more. Oh, so I don't think talk. so. I don't um, think I mean, so. <laughs> I think it works for some people. I'm not talking about malicious fights, right. Hugh. I think just banter, it's, you know, it's it's more of a banter, more com, com, combative. Yeah. yeah. Is that you, Bronte? Um, <laughs> you know, and I think he's an alpha male, she's an alpha True. female. Neither of them are going to give any ground. Yeah, we kind of forecast that one. We did forecast that one. And I suppose compared to what it could be or it appeared that it might be, it's actually very good what's going on between them. They do, again, seem to have found their balance and found their niche and found their place with one another. Um, we haven't really seen any big blazing rows, though, for any of any kind, have we? Again, like when you're, we're looking out for the next villain at this stage because if Sandy and yeah. Dan go, there has to be another villain of the piece. So who's it going to be? Well, apart from Taylor, Taylor's a real villain, isn't she? <sighs> I wouldn't like to be Hugo. Oh, Jesus, she's going to rip the new I think she's herself. just playing a part. I, I don't think it's real. No, I think she's a mean person. I think it comes with relative ease to her, but I think they basically said to her, you can play it up. Like, is there any romance between you guys? No. Well, then, right, you just play the little, uh, you know, little uh, softy do and she says puppy dog and she'll just play the absolute bitch and that's the way you'll get your exposure that way and look, you'll make a few quid. Away you go. Do you think they'll say or go? Them too. Um... Oh, yeah. they'll stay in for another week. They're not going anywhere. I think Taylor is, is crazy. I think, again, she's going against everything she says. She doesn't feel anything for him. She's no respect for him. It's not even a friendship. Um, she's she Now she knows what he thinks of her um, and the, the whole see you next Tuesday and all of that kind of stuff um, and the name calling and all, which was horrible. You know, it was horrible for anybody to have to put up with that. I, I think she'd be very hypocritical if she was sitting on the couch now and right to say. Are you going on and what you saw at the preview where she storms out? No, I'm not actually. But I'm assuming at the preview, what we saw in the preview was she stormed out because the uh, experts were, were holding her accountable for the way she was treating him. And she's not treating him good. Like, she's not. But that's what I'm saying. She's come out and said, I don't fancy him. There's nothing between us. There never will be anything between us. Um, I don't even like him most of the time. He's annoying. I don't want any physical contact with him, but I want to stay for another week. Yeah. Well, well, she's been everything. She's been like, uh, I, you said she's not treating him very good. She's not treating him very well. She's she's treating him in an abusive way. Let's call a spade a spade. Yeah, she is treating him in an abusive way. Um, and it, you know, again, though, for him, like, I mean, is he some sort of a masochist? And well, we did call him the say the masochistic couple. Um, he's obviously a masochist. If he wants to take that crap, you know, what is it, two weeks in? And he's willing to put up with that. He's willing to spend the rest of the experiment on the sofa knowing that there is, there's no hope for them at all. And listen to her berating him every day and putting him down. Like, And he's willing to write stay. What hope does he think is going to be in the relationship? How how does he think he can turn this well, around? Well, look, we, we saw some... We saw Bronte and Harrison coming back with Stay Stay. All of a sudden, they were love some dream the day before the the, the commitment ceremony. Well, oh, those two make me want to vomit. Like they really do. Like just I can't. Like oh my god, am oh, I just so fake? They're so so fake. It's actually emb- 
embarrassing watching them now, to be honest mm, with you. Yeah. Well, it's it's going to be a fascinating uh, commitment ceremony. I know every commitment ceremony is fascinating, but they, the experts have nearly every single couple, the experts have something to call them out over and drill down into. So for the love of God, let's have, you know, let them be held to account like you're always promising every week that you will, John. Yeah, I know, but they don't, none of the experts look happy, in fairness. They don't look happy this time. I, again, it's all in the edit, but I'm really hoping that the experts absolutely get stuck into some of them really ripped into shreds I hope the experts get stuck into the producers and have next year get real contestants on who are really interested in this and are just out there for their 15 minutes of fame but there you yeah, go yeah but it, it all depends on how they're matched as well it's the experts that match them so you're led to believe but anyway we'll be here we'll be back on Sunday we'll do it all over again we'll go through another commitment ceremony and see what happens can't wait wishing you oh, life yeah. keep again. watching maths guys we'll see you all soon bye 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 Before you go, just a quick request. Please like and subscribe to our podcast. And if you can, pop on a notification. That way you'll know when our podcast drops. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us on indicastreality at gmail.com. Indicastreality at gmail.com.